Welcome to the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. Every episode is titled, It Starts With Tennis and Goes From There. We talk with coaches, club managers, industry business professionals, technology experts, and anyone else we find interesting. We want to have a conversation as long as it starts with tennis. Hey, hey, this is Sean with the Atlanta Tennis Podcast. We are in the Rejuvenate studio in Buford, Georgia, and in this episode is a clip from our first talk with Bobby Schindler, who is director of tennis at Windermere Club in Cumming, Georgia. I ask him one of my favorite questions. When should a new player start competing? I personally believe that the longer a player perfects technique before competing, the better. Be sure to contact us and let us know what you think. But here we go. Listen, I'm telling you it's going to take time. If you don't believe it, then I'm not the right guy. Because I'm going to sit here and tell you, don't be hard on yourself. Because you just picked up a racket last week, and you have no business thinking that you're going to be anywhere near playing a match. But if that's your goal... As a, as a tangent, uh, coach to coach, I'm always interested in what other people think about this. And this is going to be one of those, if I could ask every coach in the world this question, I'm curious what the response would be, is... At what point do you suggest you take a player from zero to one? They can hit a tennis ball, right? At what point? So zero to one, you know, whatever your scale is. At what point do you suggest they start playing competitive matches? Where my problem is that a competitive match means I care more about getting the serve in than I care about my what my coach asked me to do properly in technique. So competitive matches is a negative on technique development, in my opinion. So as a coach, what's your, when do you say, okay, he's ready? Is there a, is there a time there? Is there a development ability? And, and that's a great question. And I will say this, here's, the, I'm going to back out of it real easy because they ask you and then they do what they want to do anyway. Very so, true. And I think that's a, that's Very one true. of, the big pitfalls of the Atlanta market, whether it be on the junior level, adult level, or because you go through it with the ladies too, who've never done anything athletically, who at 40 years old decide to pick up the toughest skill sport there is, and they want a timeline on when they can play. But th so we have the biology that we have to come across too. Not that I haven't seen it done. And that, you know, you try to be positive and say, look, I've seen people with athletic ability that I thought were dangerous to themselves and those around them learn how to hit a tennis ball and learn how to play and play maybe not the most beautiful, but effectively because it, their personality came in and they were driven in that capacity and they did far better than you ever dreamed about. I'm better with that person. Mm -hmm. I'm not as good with the person who who wants to play tomorrow because I, I would tend to I say my MO is I've always been called old school. I want you have some proficiency because I want you to continue. I know I, I tell the story of my development. I went in, I was a baseball player and it was the summer or the fall after a season. And, you know, I was at the 12 year old level, but I was still an 11 year old as far as baseball. So looking to do something with the time that winter till baseball started again. And my buddy and I went into the club and, you know, they asked us who's better and I was better than him. So they said, okay, so you play him and you play her. So we went down to the court and proceeded to get our ass handed to us in 20 minutes, you know, 6-0. And like I tell people, I still remember the guy's name, Paul Capabianco. 
I would have searched to the end of the earth to play Paul Capabianco five years later. Yep. But all quit because he was burned out. And at least I got to make fun of my buddy. I was like, at least I didn't lose to the girl. And the only reason I didn't lose to the girls because I didn't have to play her. So, you know, but the, I mean, but I was, the, I was driven. You know, I was like, wow, that's not going to happen. I like this game. I have enough proficiency. The coach said, boy, we'd love to have him. And I was in. So this is the biggest thing I try to tell parents because we have to play down it. It's a little bit of a tangent. The myth of I always have to play somebody better than me. Or I want to practice somebody. To me, practice is about effort. Effort comes from inside. Okay. I, I think if I, as a teaching professional, when I go out and hit the ball, I am working on something. If, if that particular day I want to hit and I, I'm working on something, whether I move in a couple of feet where I have to take everything on the rise and prepare a little bit sooner. If, if, if I want to practice, I can practice no matter what I do, you know, because it's about the individual. And I think that's a big, and that's a paradigm change. That's the way it's sold here. And I think if you look at every, from our adults to our kids, if Atlanta is the most tennis popular, you know, largest pop, why are we not producing the highest number of kids going into D1 colleges? And or you know, or or playing on the second, if, if just sheer numbers to translate that we have the most number of kids playing at the next level. Whether or not they want to be go to the next level, that's a whole. But we don't, and I do think it's a lot has to do with the way they're coached here, and not it's not bad Tiger. It's just that a the, the the adults run the show a little bit too much than they should because they play, therefore they think they have more knowledge than they do. This is true. And, the coach is a tough thing to manage. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, you know, the mom plays. And, and again, and I, I take everything from the best level. I truly believe the mom wants the child to get better because she wants to be able to do something with them. And they, you know, she's looking for something that we go, let's go hit tennis balls. But when they're first starting, you're not going to hit tennis balls. You're going to toss them the ball. You're going to, if you want to hit tennis balls back and forth, you're going to do it from five feet away from each other. And it, trust me, it'll help your game too if you're willing to do it. And here's the thing: you'll be spending time, and you know what? Because of proximity, close, you'll be able to talk to your child. Yeah. And isn't that what you were really trying to do anyway? Okay. Yeah. There's a time to hit the ball back and forth, but I've watched kids. I did this with a parent uh, within the last couple of months. Parent comes to me. He's got an eight-year-old and a seven-year-old, brother and sister, and they're learning topspin, and I'm having them do everything technically correct. No, you can't go play tennis on a team. No, right. absolutely not. Dad says, why not? I'm like, I'll show you. So I brought out, like I said, they're eight and seven years old. I brought out an 18 foot, one of the, one of the uh, eight and under style nets, set it across horizontally in, the, in no man's land. And I set up the, the 36 foot court. I said, all right, here are the red tennis balls. We've been using full court, hitting orange tennis balls. Here are the red tennis balls. I had him hit a few. Okay, good, good. Forehands, backhands. I said, all right, now we're going to learn how to play. And you're going to serve. They have continental grips on the serve. It's awkward, but it works. And they're doing it right. And I showed it to dad. I said, all right, now they're going to play. And it was garbage. Right. Everything was garbage. Everything fell apart. They, they were, they couldn't, it was just awful. Everything we'd worked on for months. Gone. I look back. I said, so, dad. Is this what you want your children to do on the weekends and then come back to me, see me on Tuesday afternoon? It's like, oh, yeah, no, now I hit it. Yeah. Right? But there's got to be a point where they, we do say, okay, join your local Alta team or get your USTA number, go play a tournament, right? But the goal is to develop them. 
I just find it very, there's a gray area there of navigating that. When do we, when do we say, okay, you need to go practice your technique in a real match. And I think that's hard to find. Well, there you have it. We want to thank Rejuvenate for the use of the studio. Be sure to check out the Rejuvenate Wellness is a Journey podcast at rejuvenate.com forward slash listen. Check out our other episodes at atlantatennispodcast.com. Also, find us at Atlanta Tennis Podcast on social media. Let us know what you think about our conversations, but also click that follow button. Whether you listen to every episode or just want to listen periodically, you can follow in your podcast app, which helps us keep the show going. With that, we're out. See you next time.